podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Wolves Forest Focus, Nottingham Forest are in desperate need of Christmas cheer after the 3-2 defeat for Bournemouth was a real painful one for us all to take. It gets no easier though, a trip to St James's Park to take on Newcastle United on Boxing Day. Can the Reds recover or will it be more misery over the festive season? Joining me to discuss all that is Chris Aylmer from the Forest All Over podcast. Chris, good of you to join us. Uh, we're recording this straight after the Bournemouth stream, so I doubt your moods improved slightly uh, at all in about the 65 seconds it took for you to log on to this link. But um, how are you feeling about this game? Any hope or are you uh, pretty resigned that it's going to be uh, another defeat on Boxing Day? Well, I'd have to be pretty Jekyll and Hyde to... Um to st- switch straight into a really positive and upbeat mood. Um, <laughs> well, your mood. colleague Matt does say you are Jacqueline Hyde when it comes to yeah, the podcast, he, to your podcast and our podcast. Um, he seems to think so, yeah. No, uh, I, look, I, I'm not going to look at this game in, in any other way but an opportunity. That's how we have to start thinking. Now, we have to, even though St. James's Park is one of the toughest away grounds to go to, um, we have to start thinking of it as a new opportunity two days later. I think it's the only positive thing I can say is the game is just coming straight away and you don't want a, a result and the manner in which we we lost to Bournemouth to be mulling around the players' minds for too long. Um, so I'm glad it's just quick and easy and it's it's coming. Um, it was going to be a difficult game regardless of what happened with the Bournemouth game today. Um but yeah, I think we have to we have to get out of that mindset of thinking, oh, this is going to be a really tough game. But the players do anyway. They have to go in there and think we have to do well. But all I want for Christmas, Matt, is a clean sheet. Give me a clean sheet and I'll take a nil-all draw. I suppose, um, I mean, the hard part of that is just thinking, you know, they've, they've got Kieran Trippier loading balls into the box who, you know, apart from Trent Alexander-Arnold is as good as it comes. The big test for us, again, as we saw the terrible failings against Bournemouth, is can we defend the ball in our box? Nuno's got virtually no time to work on that. So the players have just got to step up and do better, haven't they? Massively. And I think um I think but I think I think that Nuno's gotta bring them around and, and, and have a, a bit of a conversation with them because the important moments like in the last game are letting us down, uh, not just uh, from crosses or set pieces, but in general. And I think he's got to sit them down and say, listen, we're good enough to go out here and get something in this game. Um, and you have to believe that, first of all, because the players seem to be lacking belief and they seem to almost be accepting those um, awful um, the awful moments that seem to be happening to us late in games. I think the, the key for this game really is to recognise that like Newcastle are beatable like any other team. They're lost today to Luton, so why can't we go to St. James' Park and, and, and do a number on them? But Nuno's going to have to inspire the players quickly and he's going to have to get organised fast because Newcastle, when they come out the gates at St. James's Park, they're like greyhounds. They're just all over you. So I think it's going to be really important to to, to nullify them early on. What about the formation? Obviously, we played 4-2-3-1 today. I'd quite like to see us go to a back three, but we, we have no Willy Bolly. We have, you know, Nia Katia and Murillo in questionable form coming out of that game. Do you go to a back five and, you know, Omar Bamadeli's waiting? We don't know about Felipe, Joe Worrell's exile with Scott McKenna. Well, do you go to a three or do you think we stick with a four and try and, you know, have some kind of continuity? We've seen so many changes this season in the formation that um, we even saw two changes uh, in the game today against Bournemouth because of the red card. So it's hard to know what to do and what's going to work. You just have to set up to be hard to beat. A back five would be ideal against a Newcastle side, but I think 
I'd like to see Nuno's original formation that started out the day against Bournemouth because he didn't really get a chance to play that out with the way the game went. So I'd like to see him try and test what, what he's looking to, to to put in week in, week out. Um, and I know it's an away game and usually you get a bit more defensive away, but I'd, I'd just like to see it again. What about in goal? You, you were not particularly a fan of Matt Turner's performance against Bournemouth. He was retained after, you know, an absolute nightmare against Spurs. Can you chop and change keeper again with January on the horizon? Or do you have to stick with Turner and show that, that backing for him now? So he had some like he had some positive moments in the game, claimed balls really well, did the basics really well. Um, just to give a bit of sweet before I give the bitter. But ultimately, if you make Big mistakes like you have against Spurs. Awful mistake. Two mistakes in one movement. Gives the ball away. Then the ball gets slammed straight at him and it hits off his hands, goes straight to the back of the net. And then obviously against Bournemouth, it wasn't a mistake, but it's 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 a slightly savable chance. And that's what you're getting paid big money for is to be the big goalkeeper in those moments and, and palm it clear of the bar. He, he did well to get to it, but it was bad in general, in my opinion. I think, I think you have to switch it out because... The confidence uh, is a massive thing for two really key players in the pitch. One is a striker. If they're not scoring goals, it's going to be in their head. If they are, they're going to be like Solanke and bang them in. The other one is a goalkeeper. If your confidence is down, you're always going to be thinking in your head, oh, gosh, what if I make another mistake? And all goalkeepers make mistakes, but we can't afford that against Newcastle because if they go 1-0 up, even 1-0 could be, could, be, could be curtains for us because I don't know how we score at St. James's Park. I suppose one hope on that front is Chris Wood. You mentioned confidence. He's coming off the back of a really good performance. He's going to a club where he was well down the pecking order and no one there really fancied him, the fans, in terms of a quality striker. So he goes there with a, a point to prove. Is that one source where, you know, he's not going to be a guy who bangs in a hat-trick, but if we give him good service, he, he might be able to nick a goal for us and, you know, prove that point that he'll be looking to do at his old club. Yeah, and Chris Wood's experienced, isn't he? He's been in this position before. He knows the mission. He was with Burnley for years trying to keep them up. Um, he went to Newcastle and did a really good job early on. Uh, I think they finished ninth. They were bottom of the league in January. Then they ended up finishing ninth. And he was a big part of that, not just goals-wise, but in terms of what he offered with his aerial presence. I think I think that is a positive. I think going into this game, he won't be feeling any pressure. He's been here, done that a million times before. He'll probably be looking forward to going back to St. James's Park just to, to see some old faces. But I think I think it is a positive. I think he, he's done well this season, Chris Wood. And he hasn't always had the minutes either. And he scored some really important goals late against Sheffield United. Um, obviously, those two against Luton, but we didn't hang on. Um, but I think I think that is a positive to take from And Alanga too. Alanga as well, because despite us all claiming he doesn't have a finished product most of the time in the game. He, he scored four goals so far this season, which is more than all the Man United forwards combined. No, very true. What about Morgan Gibbs-White as a central midfield player? I thought he did really well, but you know we haven't really got another number 10. So if we're going to play that formation, I guess then you, you have to shuffle him back forwards and hope he carries on the form he showed against Bournemouth, even if it's in a different area of the pitch. Yeah, I like seeing him deep. I like seeing Morgan Gibbs-White drop back in, pick up the ball. We need a technically proficient player in there. I know Mangala is is great in sort of the six slash eight role, but I think I think it's good to see him drop deep a little bit. And I want to see what Nuno has in store for him because he's been playing out wide right most of the season. Um, and I know people want to see him as that true number 10 sitting just behind the strikers, but we don't really have necessarily the personnel in general 
to to play that. So I'd, I'd like to see him on the ball more. Um, but he doesn't have as much time as he thinks he does um, when he drops deeper. And he seems to hold the ball a little bit longer. But when his confidence goes up, you see lots of tricks and turns and lovely through balls. I think he played one through to Wood there at the end of the game against Bournemouth that um, Wood lashed onto it, but, but didn't do anything with it, crossed it in, I think. But I think, yeah, I, I like seeing him drop deep. And I, I think his confidence has gone up. And those set pieces that he put in as well uh, against Bournemouth uh, were positive and we're going to need loads of them against Newcastle. So, yeah. What about um, Divock Origi? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, the the sacrifice player after Bolly went off. Uh, Callum Hudson Odoi got half a, half a match coming on at the break and did pretty well. I thought is that kind of right wing role is up for grabs potentially. Is it a bit harsh on Origi to leave him out, or would you go with Hudson Odoi if we if we do play uh, you know, with a right winger in a four two three one or four three three? Not at all. I don't think it's harsh on Origi at all. Um, Origi's been in and out of the team most of the season. Um, I haven't seen enough from him, and maybe that's because he, he has been in and out so much. But I'd like to see Hudson Odoi back in there. Although I, I mentioned he was rusty in the game against Bournemouth, I still believe he has the talent. And there was a couple of times he was on the ball where he looked really confident and and uh, again really technically proficient. And I just I, I'd like to see Hudson Odoi start. If I'm honest, him and Gibbs White they have a little bit of an understanding. You can kind of see it uh, growing. And uh, yeah, I, I'd like to see Hudson Odoi start. Do you think we have to go into the game with kind of a sense of injustice? I know obviously we were at fault against Bournemouth, but if Nuno wants to say, look, we've been screwed over there by terrible officiating, it can kind of galvanise a group potentially. It could be something to work with against you know what we know is a, a top-quality Champions League chasing side. Yeah, I think we do. And I think maybe that's that's the angle for him to take with the players um as if to say you are a good group you deserved something from the game against bournemouth um and it's 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 not your fault to quote goodwill hunting it's just it's not their fault that they they ended up losing 3-2 late i mean it is a couple of the players fault but overall the game was killed the last game against bournemouth was killed by a red card and i think maybe that's the angle to take maybe tell them listen their newcastle are going to expect to come in pick up a nice easy three points and roll you over and maybe get them a little bit angry and say let's let's get stuck into these guys they've been playing a load of games from europe to the league cup to the the league they've been playing loads of games they're tired they can't look too far ahead because they always have another game coming maybe that's the angle to take just get i think high energy and get stuck in early first 30 minutes just hit them where it hurts and really go after them and, and that could be newcastle's one downfall other than their depleted team is the fact they've been playing a lot of games and they haven't had time to catch up. And that's what you saw against Luton. They lost, obviously, 1-0. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, normally in these games, I would say do a Sheffield United or Villa and go back and sit in, which is our default setting. But I do agree with you on this occasion. I think we're, if we try and defend for 90 minutes, Trippier's going to cross one in and you know Wilson's going to head it in or something eventually. Because Newcastle specifically have played so many games and they're so tired, I wouldn't at all be against just having a pop at them really where this is one where I don't give us too much hope of getting anything so go out there and have, have a go get on the front foot try and set us up for the Man United game and just do we uh, just lastly before we go um, do we wait and just see what happens with Luton and Sheffield United um, that could put us in the bottom three or do we just totally cast that aside and think right we've played by their 19 games uh, and we've got 19 games left to drag ourselves out of the, the hole that we're in forget them 
forget Luton, forget Sheffield United, forget Burnley, forget Everton, forget them all. We can only take ourselves out of this. Everton galvanised themselves after getting a 10-point deduction and being second from bottom by simply getting angry and forgetting every other team that was there and they won four in a row and now they're probably going to be fine. We need to do the same thing. We need to forget those teams and focus on ourselves and points aren't going to be enough. Uh, a draw against Bournemouth, believe it or not, it would have been mentally quite good for us, but it wouldn't have been enough. We need wins and we have to start believing that we can go and do that. We did it against Chelsea earlier on in the season when we weren't expected to get anything. We can do it again against Newcastle. We can do it again against Man United. I think we need to forget those teams and start thinking about ourselves and focusing on what we can do because you could win one game in three and lose the other two or you could draw two out of the three and you still come out with less points. We need to go for it. Uh, right, we'll leave it there with Chris because I've kept him for long enough with his... No, it was a really good speech, don't worry. I should have, should have given you more of a, a tribute for that. Um, but I was just thinking, like, I've kept no, you for no. ages on, on a Saturday night and your missus is probably like, what is going on? Where is he? So, um, no, you've done me a big turn. I'm gonna We're going to let Chris go. I spoke to a Newcastle fan uh, who's basically a mate of mine uh, who I used to work and play five-a-side with. Uh, I spoke to him called uh, Rob Smythe for about uh, 10 minutes to get a take on Newcastle. Recorded before today's games, but I think or pretty much all the points uh, stand up. So give us a take on uh, what's gone right and what's certainly gone wrong for them this season. So um, thanks to Chris. Uh, we'll uh, hear from Rob now and then uh, I'll see you on the other side. And then I will just wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Take care. Thanks for our sponsors of Trent Navigation. If you can't get to the game today, if you didn't get a ticket to St. James's Park and you do want to catch the game, then get down to NAB. You can watch it on the big screen uh, and uh, hopefully drown any disappointments from the Bournemouth game if there's any left. But uh, do get down to NAB. As ever, we appreciate the support. And as I say, you can watch Newcastle versus Forest on the big screen at the Navigation on Meadow Lane. Thank you very much. Um, Tell us a bit about Newcastle this season. More home versus away. They, I know they've struggled away, but at home are they just are they an absolute unstoppable force? Whenever you watch them, well, I, I wouldn't want to say that because that, knowing that, then we'll immediately lose the next game. But yeah, it's been a really odd season for Newcastle after a great success of last year. Um, it's just been a bit up and down. The away record, bar a, a ridiculous eight 0 win at Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United. Sorry. Um, it was them, it's then been followed up with really patchy results, the odd win, the odd draw here. And I think a lot of it is because of expectations have probably flattened out a bit after an amazing season last year. Um, fatigue is caught up with the players, potentially perhaps not enough recruitment or the right recruitment. And then also the fact is just they've had a, a really hard run of games. So um, at home, St James's Park is a different proposition, a really strong fortress, but away, it's almost been a toss of a coin. You just really don't know what you're going to get. And that's whether it, whether what team is going to be put out there due to injuries and suspensions, but also then in terms of performance, which is something last season that wasn't an issue. They were so perfect almost across the entire season to get that fourth place finish into the Champions League. And it's just almost as if they were overachieving last season and potentially they've, they've plateaued into what is the normal level of where they should be this year. I think last season, fourth was a miracle and they potentially should have between somewhere like seventh or tenth to finish. And this season was potentially going to be sixth or eighth. But because that's been accelerated, so have expectations. And now perhaps actually we're returning a bit more to the mean. So it's a bit Jekyll and Hyde at the minute. But I think... Um, 
which is in a way good for good for Newcastle because I think opponents have no idea a who they're going to face from a team point of view, but also what kind of performance. You know, one week they can be blowing Chelsea away four one at home, and then struggling away when they face them in the Carabao Cup. So a bit of a mixed bag, really. But following years of underperformance and underinvestment, you can't really complain from a Newcastle point of view. No, I guess not. I guess not. Are we playing them at the wrong time to an extent? I know Sven Botman's coming back. Kieran Trippier's had his break, although he looks like he's in horrific form. Dan Burns back. Uh, maybe when we play them, Cher and uh, Joel Linton might be around. From a Forest point of view, it would have been better if we played them two or three weeks ago rather than on Boxing Day. Yeah, I think if, if in terms of the running order, a couple of weeks ago would have been the perfect timing because that's when they were at the peak of industry. They had an almost first team 11 out. And still, by the time um, they play Forest, there's still going to be six or seven out. And, you know, key players, not just fringe players. And there almost seems to be a cycle as well. We get two or one back and one or two go off injured. But some of the key figures, like you say, Botman's had a couple of games in him now and returning to the back four. Trippier is in, in horrendous form and having a really bad patch, but I still think Eddie Howe will persevere with him because he's such a leader on the pitch and hopefully will play through these problems. So, But then on the flip side, I think for Newcastle, the worry is that obviously with Nuno coming in at Forest, it potentially is also that new manager bounce. And so that can also, I think it will be a really good game. I think it's a re- one that's really, you know, teed up well for that kind of festive fixture. And I think we'll have some good players coming back. There'll be a really sense of enthusiasm, hopefully, for you from your end in terms of Nuno coming in and what that might do. So I think it'll be a good game. And I think there'll be goals in it. I think it's got a draw written all over it for me. I think it's going to be like a two-all. But um, yes, it probably would have been better to play them a couple of weeks ago. But like I said before, you don't know which side of Jekyll or Hyde you're going to get at the minute. Hope Forrest will be hoping for Hyde and we'll be hoping for Jekyll, but who knows? Oh, I'd take 2-2 two, two now, definitely. <laughs> who should we be looking out for for Newcastle? Obviously, you know, Bruno Guimaraes is great, but I see Anthony Gordon's in my FPL team and he's worked wonders this year, especially at home. He looks like a much better player. Is it him? Is it someone else that could be the biggest danger to Forrest? Yeah, I think, you know, going on the past few weeks and people being in and out of form, Anthony Gordon's a good shout. He's been, he's turned me around. I had no time for him when he was an Everton player. I thought he was just a bit of an irritant. He, he had that kind of Joey Barton feel about him or Robbie Savage feel about him where if you if you play against him, you hate him. If he plays for you, you love him. And But to be fair, since he had an amazing Euro under-21 championships in the summer, he's come back and he's been absolutely excellent. Probably at the minute has been Newcastle's player of the season. But aside from him, um, and you've mentioned Bruno Guimaraes, he's been fantastic. For me, the standout over the last couple of weeks has been Lewis Miley, this young 17-year-old from the academy, thrust in because of injuries and the Sandro Tonali suspension. And he's just been fabulous. It's one of those things where you don't, we've had so many false dawns from a Newcastle point of view of players coming through the academy and not quite hitting the grade. But he has, he's elegant on the ball. He's not the kind of player I thought he was going to be. He's, he's, he has that kind of extra... Um, kind of few seconds about him, breathes a bit of something different into the Newcastle team. So I think if he plays, he'll be a danger as well. And I think the other two things to think about as well, about who will play up front. I think by the time Forrest um, come to St. James's Park, Isaac will be fit. So it'll be a, a mix between Isaac and Wilson. They're both very different players. Wilson's such a goal-getter and a poacher. He's fantastic. Isaac's a bit different. He's a bit more armory, likes to drift off the ball. So I think there's so many options. And then there's... There's so many players coming back as well, like you mentioned. Botman, Rolls-Royce of a player at the back. One of the best centre-offs I've seen at Newcastle, perhaps since Jonathan Woodgate, who's the best defender I ever saw at the club. 
not that there's a big long list, you know, a list that has in the past included Nikos Davidas and Titus Bramble. I don't think, you know, you're doing much to top that list. So there's a lot of players coming back. But for me, um, if I was a Forest fan going, taking aside the big names you've mentioned, I'd really keep an eye on Lewis Marley because more than anything, he's a really nice player to watch and one of those really nice players where you think he could have a really strong, solid future in the Premier League, whether it be new for Newcastle or not, and even potentially you know, an England career, someone in there. And sorry, one more person as well, whether he'll play or not, I don't know, due to the fullback situation, but Tino Livramento, who we signed from Southampton, who nobody thought would get a look in because of Trippier's form, because of various injuries he's played, and he's not had a bad game for Newcastle yet. He's been fantastic. Whether he's played right-back, left-back, right and right midfield at one point, he's been a revelation as well. And, you know, although he was, you know, the a good chunk of 35, 40 million pounds. It looks like a really amazing signing and really prosperous for the future for both Newcastle and potentially England. So I probably listed the entire team there, but uh, Lewis Mile is the one for me. Livermento's in my fantasy team as well. He's really good. good. Yeah. Good. He keeps his place or not, I don't know. Um, is there extra onus, probably just lastly, on the game for Newcastle in the sense that after this game, I think you've got Liverpool, Arsenal, Villa or Liverpool, City, Villa, some kind of combination of that back to back. Newcastle are going to look at this and the fans are going to look at this and think we must win, I guess. Is that a, potentially a chink of light for Forrest to maybe exploit that expectation in a sense? Yeah, definitely. I think the next two games are um, Luton away and Forrest at home. And for me, they've got to get six points because they've got such a tough run in afterwards and throw into that as well. Um, a Newcastle-Sunderland FA Cup third round tie, which will be, although obviously they're in different leagues now, will be a massive occasion. Newcastle have got a horrendous record against Sunderland, so there'll be unsurmountable pressure in that, so to throw that in. And for me, they've got to get some points on the board in the next two games because of that run going into January. They can't afford to lose any more um, any more pace on the top four now. Villa are, are, run, are doing an amazing job, similar to what we did last year, I think. Um, in, in performance-wise and in, in consistency. We need to try and almost hopefully use the exits from Europe and the Carabao Cup as bad as they were as almost kind of stopping points. And it's it's using the old cliche, but to say the new season starts now, let's get some points on the board, um, start strike a new, potentially add a few additions in January and go on from there. But I do think that they, on the face of it, many would have said, oh, these are two you know, easy fixtures, but... Luton away after the Tom Lockyer, there'll be a lot. There'll be a lot of emotion in that game for the the Luton side and the Forest game. The Forest game obviously will come at a time festive season, which can always bring up some funny results, but also the new no bounds. So, I think that is definitely a consideration for Forest. But also as well, despite players coming back, they are still beset by injuries. So it's not that full stent Newcastle that can go f- fall out. So, I'm never confident as a Newcastle fan about any result ever or never will be. Um, so for me, I still hang my hat on. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a positive game, but I still think it'll be something like a two-all, which will be. I'd take. I'd take that now, and um, hopefully a nice, nice, enjoyable game for Boxing Day. Uh, thanks, Rob, there for giving his thoughts. Um, we, like I say, we recorded that before the Bournemouth game. So, oh my gosh, would absolutely take two-two now or any sort of results. Try and help us out of a, a hole. But uh, let's try and be optimistic anyway and see if we can get something. Uh, like I say, this is our last one before Christmas. So um, thanks to everyone who's listened these last couple of weeks since we started Forest Focus. It's really appreciated. Have a good Christmas, everyone. Um, very grateful for your support. Enjoy the festive uh, spirit as much as you can. 
And like I say, hopefully we get something against Newcastle. It'd be a massive result. Uh, any kind of uh, point victory performance, something's taken to the Man United game to try and, uh, you know, get away from the despair of the defeat to Bournemouth. But like I say, have a good Christmas. Uh, appreciate the support. And we shall see you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.